Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can, uh, well, frankly, so that we can stay employed. Yeah, uh, because, bosses uh, don't like that. No, uh, we're not supposed to be. And I'm uh, 25 years. We're not Vern. supposed to be bringing you our unfiltered views on uh, different stock ideas outside of our professional identities. That's why we're hiding out. Right. We're hiding out of the library. So nobody knows who we are, so don't tell anybody if you figure it out, okay? Uh, but we're uh, we're working portfolio managers, analysts, and uh, every week we get together and we uh, talk about stocks. And uh, the way we do it is we uh, we look for ideas in uh, this week's issue of the Value Line Investment Value Survey. Value Line Investment Survey. And this absolutely. week we're looking at the issue dated February 8th. Uh, but before we talk about any of um, the stocks that we're going to talk about this week, we want to remind everybody that uh, this is for entertainment purposes only. Did you mention that we're probably drinking? I, no, I hadn't gotten okay. to that yet. But right. there, there is some, there is some, uh, there have been allegations that we might be a bit impaired at times. Sometimes. And to those allegations, we'd like to respond affirmatively. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and but hey, sometimes, what the, can you do? Sometimes it's Friday. the impairment is not alcohol related. Sometimes it's knowledge related. Yeah, we don't know anything. We may know, and sometimes, frankly, it's. Uh, it's uh, twisted morals and motivations because we may own the stocks that we're talking about. We'll, we'll usually try to remind, remember to tell you, but if we don't, just assume we own all the stocks that we talk about, okay? Um, but we, we do try to give you the benefit of a professional view of uh, what you know looks like a good value. You idea. know, this is the same advice we give during the week. If you want to uh, learn more about it's us, for free. please visit, visit our website. W, I'm sorry, I'm slurring my words a little bit. Uh, it's uh, been in the second half of this week's show, I'm going to come back with some, uh, what I think are some very attractive stocks that have been just crushed. I mean, slaughtered, uh, taken uh, out from the woodshed, uh, pushed over the cliff. Uh, bad, bad times. Left for dead over the last a little longer than six months, but you know, less than a year. They've just been killed. Uh, high quality names, but first, mostly high quality. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn the show over to the Value Investors Champion. Val Hughes. Thank you, Vern. Why are you going to do that? Turn it over to you. Yeah. Am because I first? This you're week? up first this week. Okay, great. I wish I would have known that in advance. But <laughs> I do have a few notes scribbled down here uh -huh. on a napkin. Okay. It's not the Gettysburg Address or anything like it's that. It's not any good. It's uh, but it's brutal. It's okay. brutal. You know what I keep having an issue with is I've got clients that are angry, and it's hard for me. I end up trying to show them my glee that stocks are so cheap and sometimes they don't always appreciate that it's like you know mr client it's uh you're so unhappy i'm happy i'm buying stocks cheaper than i have if it is a recession ladies and gentlemen and i think last week or so the value guys said you know the percentages are up it looks like a 50 percent chance everyone's saying that now who knows the stock market seems to be calling a recession and if it's not this year uh, I noticed that in January, not a single commercial transaction took place, if you want to read some of the data that's coming out right now. No mortgage loans were made, at least no uh, mortgage-backed securities. Uh, retail was the worst in four years. There's a lot of signs that things aren't so good. The stock market, of course, was a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit uh, and headed down, in, of course, uh, last year. But it's starting to look increasingly like we have a recession, and that means that it's a great time to buy retailers. So I was going through this week's list of retailers and you know when you get into this period in the stock market everyone assumes no one's ever going to buy another sweater or another shoe and the beautiful thing about some of this stuff is it wears out. 
And you got to buy more unless we get to our dream world where everyone's just running around with no clothes. But let's face it, just like the tax code on the back of an envelope, that isn't going to be happening. If you lived at my house, you wouldn't think that yeah, was a dream world. Well, True. I'm just okay. speaking for me personally ah. uh, from my window vantage point. By the yeah, way, but, uh, I want to quickly interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. Send out a special happy birthday wish to, well, you know who. Anyway, who? go ahead. Okay, great. Uh, and me and me as well. Uh, so there's a lot of bargains among some great companies, and I want to get into them. Just, let me just get right into it here. Uh, they're all retailers. They all have a little bit of an edge. This is a once-in-a-decade chance to buy them. Recessions, when are they? They're in uh, 81, 91, 01, and then, oops, 08. That doesn't quite match. So we might get through this, but even if we don't, the stocks are pricing in a recession. If it doesn't happen, they're just going to go up that much sooner. Um, first up, Kohl's, KSS. Uh, this is on page 1686. I like to go in page order, Vern. Never heard of them. Who are yeah. they? Well, Kohl's is a company that has done something very interesting. You know, the department store came in at a time when people were used to making their own stuff, and they had to make, uh, you know, a fancy place and air conditioning and all that to draw people into their store. They served on, you know, served you, and, you know, you had to get convinced they had good product. That was 100 years ago. So people now know that, you know, store-bought goods may be okay, brands may be okay. Kohl's went to simply a lower-cost model to bring branded product that you already have confidence in to the consumer. They have easy parking. They don't have a lot of frills, and that means you're not paying for it, so they're able to pass that on in terms of better pricing. There was this battle going on with Kohl's and big brands for a long time as to whether they would you know, allow their product to be sold in Kohl's, and they still don't have the top-end brands, but they have some great product, and it's a cheap stock right now. It's eight times gross cash flow. Um, the street thinks they've slowed down their store growth, but they've only st slowed it down in percentage terms. They've been opening up 100 stores a year for a number of years. They have fewer and fewer territories in the U.S. that they can still go to, but they still can fill in, and they're kind of aggressively taking space that used to maybe be J.C. Penney's. It's not the high-end department store, but that whole thing is shrinking. It's not the low-end, you know, Walmart Target, which is growing. It's kind of in between brands at a reasonable price, in effect. High-end Walmart. High -end, I well, like high it. High-end, and they focus on low-cost logistics, and then the brand thing takes care of itself. Do they, have a, do they have a greeter at the door? Is it like a model no, or something? No, no, no. They do have checkout. And that's important. Customers like that. And, you know, it's self-serve. You mean check out like at a grocery store? Yeah, you have a oh. bunch of check out in the front. Yeah, you've probably been in a Kohl's. I have not. It. Okay, buyback. They're buying back a bunch of stock. Their gross margin's been steadily going up. Now, I know in January they sold nothing, but I can't do anything about that. Uh, January is one month out of thousands of months of the future, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, their gross margin has uh, been rising for 10 years. It's now 37%. Their operating margin is pretty good. They're going to have a bad 08 but then they're back to the races, I think. 13 times earnings. They're going to beat competitors. They're adding more brands. Uh, even Value Line says they're going to grow at about 15%. So, you know, let's say they're uh, 10 times free cash flow. Value Line for retailers doesn't actually give you that information. That's 10%. Plus, even Value Line says they're going to grow at 15%. That's 25% return. And I think your risks here are very low. A couple insiders bought this recently. So, Kohl's, KSS, page 1686. Uh, let me get on to page 1728, Coldwater Creek, CWTR. Uh, this stock has taken an enormous dip, okay? The peak was $31.06. <laughs> it's, 
And the stock That's closed a plunge. today That's at, at least a plunge at five thirty nine. And my theme here, if you it's know the header. if you know the company, uh, these guys are a best of class direct marketer. They know where their customers are. They know how to reach them and attract those customers at low cost because they have a catalog. And they know how to distribute it low Well, they cost. don't have something or their stock wouldn't be at under Yeah, okay, months. genius. Listen, they don't have stuff that's selling right now. Okay. Okay, but let me tell you the analogy I would think about with these retailers. You can't hold retailers up to getting the fashion right every season. I mean, it's just guesswork. Okay, and don't interrupt me. You're looking like you're getting ready to. What they focus on is absolutely low cost, low cost distribution, low cost customer acquisition, and the art of picking the right goods. You know, it's like a movie house. This is my great analogy for retailers. There's a great theater. It's in a great location. They have comfortable seats, great popcorn, raisinets, and that's key. Uh, but you know, and people come there because of the traffic. You're going to interrupt me, but. They have a bad movie. People don't come in. It's a bad movie. You know, maybe Kevin Costner or somebody's in it that you don't like. You don't go. But the theater, you just need a good movie. So the analogy, they've got low costs. They know how to find customers. And they had some bad product. And we're in the midst of a consumer recession. So all the babies are getting thrown out. The edge Coldwater has, and I'm going to talk about another one here that has the same edge, Talbot's, is that they are a best-of-class direct marketer. I know you may know them as a store company, but they have a giant database of customers, and through the use of that database and statistics, they can figure out where to put each new store so that it maximizes the ROI of that store. This is an edge that non-direct marketers do not have. It's an edge they have while they continue to expand their uh, retail footprint. So we're in a slowdown. They probably didn't sell a single darn thing in January. I understand that. But... Uh, in a world that's, you know, going to continue to need clothes, uh, they increasingly know how to gain share and deliver product at good prices and good costs. And if you read the value line, there's a lot of stuff here about how they're not making their estimates, they're not meeting demand with the right product, and they have gross margins going down and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Of course, it says here that newness will be emphasized. And, of course, that's important to have new things <laughs> new, in the, in the future. Good. And they will. They have a great merchant there named uh, Georgia uh, Simmons, and she used to run the Spiegel's brand when it was a billion-dollar company. She knows how to go through these cycles. She's going to figure all this out. And meantime, uh, the chairman, Dennis Pence, has created a best-of-class, low-cost footprint uh, to deliver this product to uh, its customers. So CWTR, it's Why a rock-bottom price. The stock's gone from 25 to 5 Because they're the not selling year. anything right now. Why not? Because they don't have the right color, and okay. people aren't buying anything. Okay. Have you looked at this week's issue, my friend? Uh -huh. All these retailers have plummeted. Look at this. I mean, the stock market is treating these things like no one's ever going to buy another product. And even if they don't, it's the direct marketers that are going to figure out which half are going to buy product because they have a science of customer acquisition. And right now, all these stocks have been crushed. They're not meeting estimates, of course. Coldwater for many years was way too expensive. And even though I'm a fan of the company, I was not a fan of the valuation. Now it's getting to a price I think you can really dip in here. CWTR, page 1728. And then finally, uh, I've got a little stock here called Talbot's. TLB, and uh, the thing I like about this thing is many of the same things I like about Coldwater Creek. It's at the core of direct marketers, so they have the science of customer acquisition. They know where to put their stores. Uh, they've had a uh, problem of building too many stores. They recently announced a close down of their kids' 
line, their men's line. They're going to tack back and focus on their core classic women's look. And at the core, they have a direct marketing database that's going to tell them where to put these stores, and they can use it as a lab to figure out how to tack back to the right product and all that. When you look at the company's core, for many years, they're delivering great gross margins, good operating returns, and consistent returns on capital in the teens. That's all fallen away here as they've uh, bought Jay Jill, another direct marketer that competes with Coldwater Creek, and they're just sort of putting these two firms together. There's a lot of excess costs, uh, and I think over the next couple of years they're going to rationalize a lot of that, cut down on the number of warehouses and things. Uh, the store closing uh, effort's going to free up a lot of resources. So uh, you're buying it right now at four times cash I, flow. I really think demographics are in there favor but both Coldwater Creek they're they're targeting a an older demographic than yeah well that's right that's perfect for the demographics right now um you know so uh I think I could go on again they're disappointing people they have unappealing merchandise I'm just reading what Value Line's saying uh you know they don't know how to do anything do they're they closing any, a bunch of stores Coldwater has no debt does this company right. have any debt these guys are 35 percent debt to capital okay um and so they're not as well I mean Coldwater Creek is completely ROI focused and that's all they think about uh Talbot's is not quite that way but, um, you know, again, they have the same science of finding customers and delivering product, and it's a rock-bottom price, Talbot's TLB. The stock price has not been that low since for 1990. 10, 10 years. I know. That's how often these uh, recession scares come along. So it wasn't this cheap during the recession. <laughs> I know. But their sales are twice as big. Do you think they can earn well, as much money now as they are? Well, but their returns are probably half as big as they well, were before. Well, they've, they've paid up for some things that aren't, you know, panning out right now. But they're going to get back to business. This thing's in, both Coldwater and Talbot's are just no-brainers in my book right now. I don't know how long you have to wait. Could be three years, but great entry points. Beverage break. Okay, that's good. Good stuff. All right, Vern, so that's what I got this week. What do you got going here this week? Um, I have uh, three retailers. <laughs> well, they're, they're dirt cheap. What well, I I, I, I'm going to start with the one that's off the most. That we had some success with before, uh, Radio Shack. Value Line has this rated a three. Now, when they changed that in September. Anyway, this stock was uh, around $15, not far below where it is now, a little uh, under 17 according to Value Line. Um, when, we, uh, when we first talked about it, the stock worked great. It's down now over 50% over the, from the high of 35 that it got to. And I think it's time to come back and take a look at it again. Um, there's been a, uh, been major changes have been, what, uh, implemented? Uh, uh, and apparently, according to the way Value Line's written their analysis, um, and delivered, I guess, by, uh, new management here, uh, leaner expense structure, despite a steep sales decline, they have a, uh, they've had, they've closed over 480 Radio Shack stores, the thing that's really impressive, if you look at the 2006 numbers from there to 2007, sales are down by more than – revenue down by more than 10 percent, gross margin up, SG&A uh, costs down, and operating margin up. And operating margin up more than the gross margin expansion, meaning that my operating expense ratios got better as well. So uh, wow. it apparently closed the right stores, 
and didn't let all of the uh, gains leak away from them because I presume since these are 2007 numbers, they're pretty reliable in terms of what the company actually delivered. Value line's not looking really for any improvement in 2008. The sales number comes down a little bit. Earnings per share, cash flow per share, completely flat. Well, at better than $2.5 of cash flow per share, this is about seven times gross cash flow. And that 260 number is up from having hit a buck 60 or fallen to a dollar 60 the year before. Very consistent with numbers over the past, the prior six or seven years, okay? So, uh, you know, cut away a lot of underperforming, low performing fat, and at least for the time being, stop the bleeding that had seen this stock. You well, know, they used to roll out a new concept every couple of years, you know, superstores and all that. None of that ever worked. No, none of it did. Um, and they're back now to really these little, uh, tiny little bookend kind of stores that are in small strip centers and things like that, where uh, the thing that they offer that I think more and more people find valuable and go to the store for is uh, someone that they can uh, get a little bit of help with besides the product that they need yeah, to service. hook up something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, and that's usually, I mean, if you're in the store, you're in there for one of three reasons probably. One, to buy a cellular phone. That's been part of the sales decline has been weaker wireless business. Um, to buy something that is a replacement part or something to hook up some system that you have or to buy a gift for somebody. And they have some really cool stuff. I mean, they, they, I've, I've bought uh, remote control cars in there. In years I've always found myself in a radio shack. Just to wander around. By virtue of focusing on cash flow and return, they have paid down $150 million of debt and spent $210 million on share repurchases in the last year. And despite all of that, uh, I've got debt now down to 33% of total capital. My memory is that when we talked about it before that it was more like 50% or higher. Part of the concern was whether they were solvent or not. Margins had been doing nothing except going down. Well, now they're going up, right? Um, I'm looking at a half a million in EBITDA. I'm sorry, a half a billion in EBITDA. Um, is that the right number? No, I'm sorry. 50. In any event, I've got a very moderate uh, enterprise value multiple here. Uh, with the stock down this much, and uh, a lot you know, of value a guys are in this. Huge right now. question <laughs> is whether uh, you can get any revenue growth out of the existing store base, or whether you'll have to cut it further. Um, but I think there's still a fairly wide uh, variability in performance in the store base. They still have over 6,500 stores, so um, there's probably a lot of room to do this um, and try to find the right foundation uh, to build off of with uh, local service, you know, a valuable commodity that, uh, you know, as things get more and more complicated, uh, people have, you know, feel less and less comfortable working with, I think. And would like What's their uh, return on capital? It's pretty good. Return on capital is big. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have uh, should have made a point of uh, pointing it out. I mean, they're good at what They've they been do. in the low, mid-20s for many years. It slipped badly. Uh, late 2005 and then all of 2006 fell under 10% because of the giant margin compression. They've got profitability back up, you know, with the moderate capital base uh, return on total capital back in the 20% kind of range. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully everybody is familiar with this company. They have a chain of what uh, Value Line calls consumer electronics and service stores where they sell a lot of small components and then uh, – uh, you know, a limited selection of major electronic components like stereo system components and things like that. But it's a place you go if you need a CB radio or the kind of thing that you really can't find 
mm-hmm. you know much of anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, so I think people know about, okay. about radio well, you have shows. to make sure. You know, there's a whole new yeah. generation of people out there that, you know, don't listen to radio. There's 6,000 stores, yeah. They might think that it's a chain of stores that sell, sell radios. radios of different, you know, size and appearance. Sure. Okay. Okay. Everybody asleep now? Okay. I am. Good night. <laughs> Listen, we have a lot of shows. If this one's bringing you down, there's some great shows yeah, last year. Absolutely. Uh, so I think with that, I'll move on to the next yeah, stock. Yeah, I mean, I'm you're taking an enormously week. long time Am on I Radio really? Shack. I'm well, sorry. how many stocks have you talked about? Uh, one. And well, I've, your I've time's up. Two into like four oh, minutes now. God. So um, I've got PetSmart, okay? First name I want to talk about. P-E-T-M. This is the a name second we've... name you want to talk about. You just talked about your first name. The first of the two that I have left, oh, okay? I Thank Burn, you. Let's face it. Your no. segment's not going that well tonight. <laughs> execution, execution. Ex- Radio Shack at a 35% discount to the market on P.E. PetSmart uh, closer to 10%, but this stock's down 45% from a previous high, also mm-hmm. around seven times cash flow. At about a 35% discount to sales per share, um, it looks to me, I mean, without doing any really sophisticated analysis, that the historical relationship is, that is closer to one-to-one. One. No, I mean, I, you're I, doing I eyeballed it, okay. okay. Um, there was, uh, you know, I'd like to say that there's something I can really learn from the last recession and their experience, but... Uh, I know what I'm learning. The stock can go to zero. That's what well, I'm seeing from this level you know, here. They, their store growth, uh, uh, they... they uh, Cut some stores out in 99, but then after that started growing the store base. They had margin compression in 2000, and the stock cratered on fears that uh, the Internet was going to kill the model, yeah. and it didn't, and returns came back. Plus some other competitors out of the business. Well, who wants too? to wait 24, 48 hours for a squeak toy to come through the mail when you can just run down to the corner and, uh, and have mm-hmm. a giant selection to choose from for little, you know, Rover spot. or spot or whatever yeah. you're. Um, they are, and we talked about this, I, I know we've talked about this before, pet services, a uh, growth area for the company. Value line says growing over 20% annually. Pets Hotel, sort of high-end kennel concept is the main driver there. Their same-store sales growth flat to just uh, up 1% in the most recent quarter, but in a recession, I think that might look pretty good. I think people keep spending money on their pets, their, their loved one. They're almost like children. Uh, this is also about six times enterprise value EBITDA. Um, there's not a, lot of, uh, uh, not a lot of leverage here. 39% of uh, debt is capital, and Value Line is capitalizing leases when they calculate that, so it looks like I don't know about this measure. one. I think an aging population, the older people, don't want to go in a separate store for the, their pet. They want to take care of their pet. But maybe, you know, the Kroger's just has an aisle for pets. You know, maybe, I don't know. But I, I also think it's you see more and more older people like to take their pet with them. And one of the great things about PetSmart is you can take the dog to the store. What if they don't you have can a take leg burn? with you. They also they typically do grooming there, and I think they'll even wash your animal for you. Things that this older population you're talking about that I think want to have more pets. They'll wash your dog at the Kroger. At the okay. Kroger? Really? They'll do most anything at the Kroger. I think so. Last stock, I'll try to be quicker, Foot Locker, symbol FL, rated 4. I know it's just sneakers and shoes, but... I mean, sneakers are shoes. You can change the uh, – they could change their entire mix and orientation. Locations where it's at. This is another company that's been cutting its store base to focus on higher return elements of the store base. 
Um, 35% of sales is where the stock is now, around 13. Uh, historically, it looks to me like 50 to 75% of sales. I do have a cash flow multiple here, again, around seven times. I have some recent insider buying. I have an enterprise value multiple that is maybe five to six times, depending on whether you believe value lines forecast or not. They have margins down considerably in 2007, not bouncing back much in 2008. Looks to me like their total uh, return on capital expectations are a bit low because, um, as they point out, there's no clear fashion trend in athletic footwear and, and apparel right now, and that's been hurting demand a little bit. And so they, they're not going to put a fashion rebound in their forecast, so that means their forecast is too low because there always is another know, fashion thing know, to come man. along. What about um, pricing on high-end you know, shoes? I think they're having some issues with that at Nike and places like that. I think they probably are, but you still have the, you have the basic underlying fundamental that people want to go try on the shoe before they buy it, especially if it's a performance shoe. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I, I, well, we'll see. Um, as ValueLine puts it, um, the uh, conservative strategy, shrinking the store base, focusing on better businesses, trying to um, you know, execute, uh, positions them to benefit when the pendulum swings back towards athletic shoes in the next few years is the way ValueLine says it. You know, if they it, add like it, I mean, they're really confined the by their name. The most compelling thing about the idea and the reason it jumped out for me among all the other re- retailers that yeah. sell sort of, uh, uh, I mean, honestly, most of them sell a commodity. Uh, is I've got a 4% yield here, and I've got a balance sheet with virtually no debt uh, and actually offset by cash on the balance sheet. So uh, a very, very solvent. I've got a very solid 4% yield. Yeah, I think the demographics might work against that one, though. Uh, What do you think of Management's managing the business right. They're managing it for cash flow and return. They can continue to shrink it and generate attractive returns. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think I'm going to say my favorite idea of the three would have to be – well, don't rush in. Take your time. In. Take Why a moment. Why don't you go first? Okay. What the heck? What's Let your me favorite do that. idea? Well, my favorite this week is Coldwater Creek, CWTR. And uh, the reason is it's just so cheap. I don't know if I mentioned this. The chairman came in and bought two or three million shares in January. It's not even showing up here. Um, you had some insider buys in September, October. You know, this stock has... Uh, Last been at this level five years ago, and uh, sales were a third the level they are now, just about. Well, half, I'll say. So Coldwater Creek, CWTR, page 1728. And that's it uh, for me this week. For you. I'm going to say my favorite idea this week is Radio Shack, symbol RSH. And Radio Shack is, can you tell that I'm I'm, uh, stalling, is on page 1728. Fifty-nine. For those of you who need the page number to find it, um, I thought you weren't going to be doing page numbers. This anymore. stock is back basically to the same absolute price level that it bottomed at in 2006, and the lowest number previous to that is 10 years ago. Um, and the management's doing the right stuff here, so uh, I, I take another swing at this one, RSH. And uh, with that, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap. You're it just up going to end the and, show uh, again like this? Just, just end it? Well, or what? Shall we talk about coming attractions? I don't have Next any. week, we'll be talking about the February 15th issue. <laughs> don't give that away. Oh, of the Value away. Line Investment Survey. You won't want to miss it. It's the dynamic Valentine's Day issue. Of course, it comes out the day after Valentine's Day, but a lot of uh, very uh, heartfelt investment ideas Rome. are going to be forthcoming. Um, 
Well, what have you got? I've got nothing. It's just I want to thank everyone Five, for listening to this. Four, because three, uh, now you're it's out over. Of time. Bye.